Let's stand together today and open our Bibles to Proverbs uh, chapter 22, a very well-known passage to any Christian believer. Verse 6, especially a Christian parent, train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Father, we thank you for your promise. We understand there's a condition to the promise. Uh, We thank you for your word to reveal your promises to us and pray today that the truth of your word would sink deeply, deeply into our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. When our first uh, daughter was born, about to be born, we went through all the same things that, that new parents go through. We had been through all the preparations, getting uh, a room prepared, getting uh, baby beds bought, getting all the things and the decorations for the room. And we'd gone to the classes, and they would told us the things to expect when, uh, when the child was born. They had told us uh, that no matter how warm it was, it was going to be uh, cold to them. No matter how wrapped up you kept them, they were going to feel like they were out in, you know, in, in wide open spaces. No matter how dark it was, it was going to seem bright to them. And they prepared us uh, for, all of these, for all of these things. What nobody prepared me for as a brand new dad was what was going to happen in my heart. Uh, the deep love, the desire for her to have anything she wanted, the desire to protect her, my newfound mistrust for all boys, <laughs> the change in our heart was pretty, dra- was pretty dramatic. How many of you remember that change? Pretty dramatic moment. Now, in that moment, I held her the very first time, and a a very strange thing happened to me. I had spent the last around 18 years around teenagers, part of that time as a teenager, and the last number of years uh, as a youth pastor. And I'd been around a lot of teenagers. I mean, a lot of them. And uh, I'd been around really great teenagers, Teenagers that were healthy, that were hardworking, that were respectful of others. Really great young men and young women that it was just exciting to be around them and to see what God was doing in their life and to see what they were working for. And I'd been around a lot of great teenagers over those years. But strangely, I I didn't think about them. I, I had been around some that were a little more challenging Some that were kind of arrogant, some that were kind of prideful, some teenagers that were know-it-alls. I'd been around some teenagers that were insecure and uncertain, and some that were afraid, and some that were socially challenged, not quite with it. But strangely, it wasn't those that I thought about. I remember so clearly in those first moments as I held my daughter in my hand for the very first time, I began to think about another group of teenagers. These were teenagers that were pretty hard. Teenagers that had drug and alcohol problems, teenagers that were angry, 
teenagers that seemed frustrated with life, teenagers that were rebellious, teenagers that were sexually active and confused, and ones that had run away from home, and ones that wouldn't get up in the morning when it was time to do anything, no motivation whatsoever. Teens who were day by day destroying their futures, and they didn't even know, about, know, know, to, know it. For some strange reason that day, I found myself thinking about those teenagers and realized that they had all started right here in somebody's arms that wanted the best for them. Now, years later, I I still see it today. I see children who uh, have grown up and came through our daycare and maybe they went to our academy or they came to VBSs and they were beautiful, great kids. And now, years later, I run into a few of them and some of them have built great lives and some of them I visit in hospitals, drug rehab centers, or even in jail, some with life crashing around them. And you wonder about the journey. How did that little kid who is so full of hope and so full of life and so full of joy become somebody who is so troubled? That day I realized that I, I love this, this little girl that I was holding in my arm, and I didn't know her. You know, I, I didn't know who she was, what, what the outcome of her life was going to be. I didn't know what path she was going to choose. I just knew that whatever path she chose, it was going to impact me and it was going to impact her. Now, I, I, I knew at that time in my life, I knew this Scripture. Train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they won't depart from it. I taught on this scripture. I talked to parents about this scripture. I had called people to this scripture, and I knew that day I had better get serious about this scripture. This wasn't going to be something that just happened by accident. This was going to be something I had to do with intention. No, it's easy to get to the wrong place. It takes some intention to get to the right place. Here's a truth that I already knew. I knew that my values will grow in them like a hurricane grows. See, inconsistencies, hypocrisy, bad choices, bad values, putting God in second or third place, bad habits, all those things in the life of the influencer of the parent or grandparent or aunt or uncle who's influencing a child's life. It's not like a stone in the water. We we all know, you know, you throw the stone in the water and the the, the little waves kind of resonate out, but before long they they have disappeared into nothing. You can't even tell that the stone has been thrown in the water. That's not the way inconsistencies and hypocrisy and things like that grow in the lives of those that we influence. No, it's, it's, it's just the opposite. It doesn't, it, doesn't, 
It doesn't get smaller and smaller until it disappears. No, my errors in life do not act like that stone. They act like a hurricane in an ocean that gather power and gather wind speed and grow stronger and stronger and become more and more destructive. That's what happens. When my life is inconsistent, my immorality, my addictions, my bad attitudes, my actions, my relationship with God gets bigger in their life and the life of that child. Unless I make some changes, I take some steps to stop the storm. See, God gives us clear direction on how we should train our children and on how, how we should live our lives. He tells us what is right and wrong, what we should and shouldn't do, what values we should train into our children. Just like, you know, we saw on the video just a few moments ago, if we spend that time and we make that investment and we, spend, and we, we talk about those things and teach those lessons... Those are regrets we're never going to have. We're going to always be grateful that we took the time to teach the right thing. But when we ignore God and live life outside of his will, whether that's on purpose or ignorance, God calls it sin. It is the outcome of our spirit not being connected to God. What we feel is right, we can't trust. And our ignoring of him and our rebellion against him resonates out into the lives of those we influence. Sin is not just some set of arbitrary rules that God made up at a whim. That he's like, you know, I, I just don't like that, so I'll tell them they can't do that. Or he didn't just sit there and say, you know what, I really want to test these folks down here, so I'm, I'm going to take some fun things. Tell them they can't do those things. That's not how God approached it. Sin is against God's plan for our lives. Very simply, because sin, because these actions of sin hurt others and are a corruption of God's nature in us. Sin isn't benign. Sin isn't innocent. When you look at the things God tells us not to do, it's because they hurt other people and are a corruption of the nature within us. When that child becomes the uncontrollable hurricane in your life, they destroy themselves and they hurt others around them. And so I want to tell you today, you, you can't train them in a healthy way unless you understand what the issues are and the issues that need to be taught. Charles Colson was a man who discovered himself in the middle of a hurricane. He found himself in the middle of a hurricane, very public hurricane, that we call Watergate. He had been one of, the, one of the men in the White House, one of the leaders in the White House, and a man that would eventually go to jail for his participation in some of those things around the White House at that time, jailed for his actions. While he was in jail, after doing these things that he was participating in, that he had justified in his life, he began to look for answers about his life. He began to look for a, 
a new way to see things. During that time, what he found is he began to find answers in the Bible. And he would later write about the key questions that should have been in his life that he should have understood that would have kept him out of that mess if he'd have been answering them right. And that every one of us need to think about in our life. And what I would tell you today are key questions we need to be asking and teaching the answers to in our children's lives. Let me just share four of them with you today. Here's the first one. Where did we come from? Where did we come from? The answer to that sets the course of our life. If we are an intentional creation of God that we're made by God for the purpose of him showing his love for us and us loving him, that sets a direction in life. If we are nothing more than an accident of nature, that sets a direction in life. Where did we come from? Number two question was this. What has gone wrong with the world? I mean, you don't have to look far to see that the world's in a mess. To see all the pain and all the confusion that's going on in our world today. It it doesn't take a very deep study to see the hurt that's going on in the world. And so the question is, what has gone wrong? What's wrong with the world today? What is the problem? Why is it so hard for things to be good? Number three, the question is, what can we do to fix it? What what is our purpose in making a difference in this world and to make it better? And number four goes hand in hand with this. What is my purpose while I am on this planet? Now I want to tell you, my wife and I, we made a determination very, very early from the moment our children were in the womb to with our our two daughters that God brought into our home in different ways, that we were going to talk about these things. Now, we we weren't going to be heavy-handed about it and sit around and quiz them, and every time they stumbled in a mistake, beat them over the head with something. We were going to talk about what is the purpose of our lives. Where did we come from? Around our dinner tables and in our cars as circumstances would arise and as we would think about responses and what we were going to do about those circumstances and how we were going to respond to them when they did something that we, didn't, that we thought was a little out of order or when friends were treating, treating them in a way that we didn't, didn't really appreciate. We were going to come back to these key questions and we were going to talk about who are we? Why are we here? How do we really fix these things? What's really wrong with the world? I remember so many times in, in the morning the school would be about to start and you know, one of them didn't want to go to school and you know, wanted to stay home that day or whatever. We'd push back and say, no, it's school time. I hate school or I don't like this or I don't like that. And we would talk about you know, your purpose right now is to learn and to grow and to find God's purpose for you. 
That's your purpose right now. That's your job. That's what we pay you for. That's why you get food at night, why we put a roof over your head. It's because your purpose right now, your job is to go to school and learn so that someday you can grow up and move out (laughs) and do something with your life that is meaningful to make the world a better place. Listen, friends, they don't catch that, but you've got to instill that. We've got to talk about these things. We've got to remind them that when their friends don't treat them well and and when their friends lie about them or say things that hurt them, hey, we live in a fallen world. We live in a world where sin is all around and people make bad choices. Now, what are we going to do? Are we going to be a part of the problem or are we going to be part of the answer? Are we going to be a part of the pain or are we going to be part of the kindness? What are we going to do? What choices are we going to make? And why were we created? Mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, aunts, uncles. This is our responsibility. Teaching and training for the core truth of life is the most important assignment of our responsibilities over those that we influence. It's more important than them being great students. It's more important than them being great athletes. It's more important than them being great money makers. It's more important than them being great in power. All of those things don't hold the answer. They'll all fall short. You may want them to be great students. That may be part of the plan for them to discover God's purpose. You may enjoy athletics, and that may be one of the ways that you use things to train truth into their life. But embedded inside of all of those things have to be this great moment of training on how they see life and how they see themselves. Or we miss the purpose of all of it. This week, We did our best as a church to partner with you on this plan. Tom and his team created this VBS. They they determined this year that they wanted to write one themselves. And they worked hard and created this. As you saw, over 200 volunteers, men and women, boys and girls, who gave up their free time, took time off of work and gave up vacation time, came in and spent the mornings trying to pour their life into our kids. I'm grateful for every one of them, aren't you? Yeah, show them your appreciation. Now, now just let me run down through you before we get with you, before you go home. What happened each day? On Monday... They were taught that God has a dream for their life. That God has purpose for who they are. The enemy wants to rob them of that purpose or the enemy wants to take that purpose and degrade it down into something like momentary pleasure, getting your own will, instead of discovering God's great purpose for for life. And so on Monday... We taught them about how God has a dream for their life. On Tuesday, they were taught that God, with God, 
There is always hope that no matter what they face in life, no matter how tough life may get, no matter how hard things may be, no matter what challenges they may be facing, that with God there is hope in life. That God's strength and God's wisdom and God's power and God's purpose can flow through their life and no matter what difficulties they face, they can overcome with the help of God. Amen? On Wednesday, they were taught that God has given them special abilities and will give them wisdom as they seek him. That he's put special things in their heart and special gifts in their life and he will give them wisdom day by day to apply God's knowledge in their life so that their life will be filled with purpose and direction and they won't fall into the same mistakes everybody else has fallen in. They won't repeat the disasters of the past but they will overcome what's going on in this world and that they can be used in this world to make a difference. On Thursday, we taught them that God forgives us and calls us to forgive those who hurt us. That when we get hurt by someone, God's willing to forgive us when we hurt someone, and God's willing to help us when we've been hurt by someone. That we can walk in the freedom of God and then on Friday, they were taught that God places us in a family where we find belonging. Even if your family has fallen apart, even if the picture of your family is one that is broken, even if dad's walked away or mom's making bad choices and you find yourself with somebody else, that even in moments like that, God has formed a thing he calls the church to be a family. See, the enemy wants to rob us of that concept. He wants the church just to be some other place where we kind of come once a week and we don't really know each other very well and we kind of, you know, put on the best show that we can that week and we hear some songs that we like and hopefully the preacher preaches a message that we like. But what God wants it to be is a family. He wants our individual families to be filled with health. And he gives us the church to help us overcome the weaknesses of our own family, help us to learn how to form families, help us to walk in, in a family, and to be a family to us when every other family fails. That God has a place where we always belong. Now, friends, this is just one week. This is just one week. And if all we do is, is we teach this one week and they go out of here, they're not going to remember these things. But if it becomes something that you layer into their life, that you talk about in your home, that you remind them about through the course of life, then values get built. A worldview gets built that impacts them for the rest of their life. This is why here at Calvary, we have many ministries to help you do this. We have classes for you. There's one that we talked about today, Colossians, that's going on that will give you a completely different picture of who Jesus is and in in his depth in your life if you'll go to it on Wednesday night. 
In the fall, we've got some classes coming on, 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 on uh, how parenting, how it all begins and starts in the home, and how to take your home and make it a place where you, where you really instill right values. We have classes for them that they can take every Wednesday night and Sunday that they, can be a, that they can be a part of. And we offer ministries like the children's ministry and youth ministry. Tomorrow, 92 of our kids pack up, teenagers pack up and go to youth camp for a week. A lot of these kids were working all week long this week in VBS, and tomorrow they get on a bus and they go to youth camp. I've been telling all of them, isn't it great that you work really hard this week, and next week you just get to go down and chill out and do nothing and hang around for a week. <laughs> There's just so many opportunities we can take advantage of to instill the truth in their life. But what we as parents and grandparents and influencers have to realize, it's our responsibility to train them It's our responsibility to speak into their life. We believe that we are the purposeful creation of God. Every child on this platform today. The purposeful creation of God. Made to be loved by him. And made so that when they see him, they will love him. That on this earth there is right and wrong and we can know the difference, clearly know the difference, not have to fight over the difference because God has revealed right and wrong through his word. And we can overcome with the help of his spirit who will go with us every day and be with us every day and be a comfort to our hurts, be a salve to our wounds, be a strength in our weaknesses, be a guider when we need direction that the Holy Spirit is available for us. But we come to him as sinners, having lived our own way, done our own things, made our own messes. And in the middle of it all, Jesus came and opened the door of forgiveness for us so that anyone who calls on his name will be saved. Amen. Friends, I don't know how you were taught when you grew up. Maybe you're sitting here today and you're hearing all these things. You're going, yeah, I I know that, and God's helped me and guided me. Maybe you're sitting here today going, whoa, wait a second. Maybe this is the reason I've had so much pain in my life. Nobody taught me that. Nobody told me I never thought about what it means to be the creation of God. and I never thought about what it means that When I live my way instead of his way, I'm actually bringing pain into other people's lives, pain into my lives. That God in his love sent his son so that I could get reconnected with him. I could know him. Maybe none of that's ever been poured into your life. We want you to know that God, just as he loves your kids, he deeply loves you. 
He cares about you. And he wants to pour his love into your life. And if you learn to walk in his way and you learn to walk in his truth, you will find his blessing and his direction for your life on this earth and for life in eternity. Let's stand together today and let's pray. Father, as we just bow our hearts before you today, I, first of all, I just pray for parents in this room, guardians in this room, people in this room who have the responsibility to uh, raise a child. That, Father, you would give them the strength today to stay about the task. You would give them the wisdom today to know how to go about the task. And, Father, if there are changes in our priorities or changes in our life that need to be made so that we don't build a hurricane of destruction, but that we would build life in them, that, Father, you would speak to us today. And we would ask ourselves, if they grow up with the values I'm instilling in them now what, and, and it grows in them, what's that going to look like? And that, Father, we would be serious about raising them to know and love you, to know their purpose. Speak to, their, speak to every heart today in Jesus' name. As every head bowed, every eye closed, and you'll say, Pastor, I'm, I'm a parent. Maybe you're a guardian. Maybe you're a grandparent raising a child. Maybe you're a foster parent that has a child in your home. Maybe God's just dropped a niece or a nephew in your life. And today you just want to say, God, I want your help. I need your help to raise them to know you and to know their purpose in you. And I invite you to show me what I should be doing to make sure that happens every day. That's you. We just raise your hand to the Lord and say, Lord, that's me. We, I just want you to move in my life and show me what to do. Raise it high. Raise it high right now in Jesus' name. Lord, you see these hands all across this room that we just raise our hand to you to say to you, Lord, as, as parents, as grandparents, aunts, uncles, guardians, that, Father, you give us wisdom beyond our own experience, Wisdom beyond our own understanding. New touch of grace and peace to train these precious, precious children to love you. Let's not make excuses for the sin nature. Let us build your nature in them and let them grow to love you and to know that your will each day of their lives in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment. Most important decision you can ever make in your life, friends, is the decision you make about Christ. Christ made a decision for you. He came out of heaven. He came to this earth. He came here to seek and save all of us. All of us. 
He made a choice. And now he calls to us, will we make a choice? Will we choose to follow him and let him be the Lord of our life? Will we put our trust in him, Jesus, to be the Savior of our soul? And he gives us a chance to invite him to come into our life and to be our Lord. Have you done that? Have you asked Christ to be the Lord of your life? If you've done that, if you know beyond any doubt, you've asked Christ to be the Lord of your life, you've asked him into your life to be your Savior, just raise your hand right now and say, Pastor, that's me. I have definitely, definitely done that. Just raise it high and say, I've done that. I've done that. All right. Thank you. If you're here and you'll say, Pastor, I wasn't able to do that right now, but I want that to change right now. I wasn't able to raise my hand. I haven't certainly done that. But today, right now, I want that to change. We just raise your hand right now and say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to ask Christ to be the Lord of my life and the Savior of my life. Raise your hand right now in Jesus' name. Looking across this room, God bless you. Anyone else today, you'll raise your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. God bless you and you. Anyone else today, you'll raise your hand and say, pray for me. Bless the Lord. I'm going to ask the prayer teams to come down to the front right now. And and while they're coming, everyone, please pray this prayer with me right now. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I ask you to forgive me of my sin and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I put my faith in Jesus to be the Savior of my soul. I put my trust in Jesus to be the Lord of my life. Now help me to live for him who died for me. In Jesus' name, amen. In just a moment, Jacob's going to sing a song for us, and we're going to invite you to worship with us. And while we do, if you raised your hand just a moment ago to accept Christ into your life, I want to invite you to come down and let somebody pray with you a little bit more. If you have any other need in your life, you need direction in your life, you're going through a tough time in life, you need the wisdom of God, maybe you need a touch of healing in your life, whatever it might be, whatever your need might be, step out and come down and let somebody pray with you. It'll take just a moment. If you have a need, come on down and let somebody pray with you today.